Good evening and welcome to a Saturday evening, March the 26th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kirk Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular Saturday evening guest teacher, Mr. Lucas Doremus. Uh, we are blessed that you've decided to join us for another block of biblical instruction from some of the world's finest Bible teachers. And I can say that because I know it to be a fact. Uh, am I biased? I don't think so. Uh, I'm just blessed to have been around it most of my life. And, uh, and uh, so I recognize great Bible teaching when I see it. You guys are about to hear some from Mr. Lucas Doremus. Um, tonight's subject matter, is I've been told, is going to be, and you're going to like this, social settings. Oh, how interesting. What do the Proverbs say about that? Well, Lucas is about to tell us. Lucas, welcome aboard tonight. So glad to have you. And the floor is yours. Thanks, Curtis. And uh, yeah, social settings. So what, what this category of Proverbs is, it's basically person-to-person -person interactions. Uh, maybe it's a group of people that are interacting with another group or an individual, you know, one way or another. But this this group of Proverbs is all about how we interact with others. And boy, I tell you, you know, every one of these I've failed at uh, one time or another, uh, usually many times. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I do it right. Um, but this is definitely a convicting set of Proverbs. And, and boy, I tell you, uh, this is a lot of these Proverbs are the ones that uh, I remember the most and that mm -hmm. go through my brain the most when I'm interacting with people, because I, you, you should really think about, you know, your body language and, and all those, then you had your tone and how you say things and what you say and all those things. Um, and what's interesting is, and, you know, Curtis, I know you've done some counseling and things like that. Yes, um, these proverbs really have a lot to do with, you know, modern psychology and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's amazing how, you know, what, 2,500, you know, 3,000 years ago, Proverbs already nailed <laughs> everything that psychology would come to say in the modern day. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, huh? Mm -hmm. yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. Now, uh, for anybody out there that really benefits from psychology and that sort of thing, um, I'm not diminishing it in any way. Um, no. that, that study of, you know, brain chemistry and, and, you know, hormones and, and oh, attitudes yeah. and lots of, it's very useful to fill in some of the, can I say scientific gaps yes. that aren't in the Bible, yes. um, but, but the principles are all found in the Bible and that's why we follow them. Absolutely. But like, but like my wife personally, she really benefits from having some of that more scientific look <clears throat> into some of these principles. Um, so boy, this it's it's going to be fun. Uh, might be a little long. There's a there's a lot to go through here. So we better get started. Enough well, of you that. take your time and, and be thorough. You usually are. All right, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter ten, and this is verse seven. It says, "The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot." Um, you know, when you remember someone that was righteous, um, you ever notice how you look past their shortcomings? 
Yes. Or, or you look past, you know, little squabbles yes. you had with them, um, <laughs> yes. you know, or you do remember those, but then you always remember these great things about them or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Know, you know, so that this, this proverb really is true. It's the memory of the righteous is blessed. You know, you're always blessed when you think of these people. Yes. Um, but the other the other side of this proverb, the name of the wicked will rot. Um, you know, I don't know of anybody, if you say the name Hitler, I don't know that anybody thinks in a positive way on that name. Yeah, nobody takes a, a fitful sigh and says, oh, yeah, the good old days. Right. And, and yeah. even to the point, um, you know, if I named my company, you know, let's say I, I, I was, uh, you know, I was a grocery store and I called it, you know, Hitler Groceries. Mm. You know, I don't think that that grocery store would do very well. No, because everything of that would name. be about the same price, right? You, I, <laughs> and everybody would spend the same. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's an example of a name that is rotted. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. there's, there's really no rejuvenating that name, at least in yeah. the, you know, in the foreseeable future. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, right. Yep. So <laughs> very, you know, that's how our memory works, the righteous versus the wicked. Uh, chapter 10, verse 10, it says, he who winks with the eye causes trouble, but the pratting fool will fall. So if you're winking with your eye, uh, basically what this is talking about is uh, you're causing trouble because you're kind of, you're, you're sort of making deals with people. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're not quite saying what you mean. Maybe you're um, playing both ends against the middle. Uh, yep. Uh, anything in that area, um, that is going to cause trouble. And, and the pratting fool, you know, the fool that goes around doing these sorts of things, uh, they're going to fall. They're going to get found out. Yeah. You know, if you think of business situations where you got, I remember there was one, um, I was working at a, a Caterpillar, which is a big company here in the Peoria area. And we actually... Have you heard of Caterpillar? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we found out that there was a contractor who was selling us something. Um, and then and then we, we would try to resell it back. Uh, but he was what he was doing is before we could resell it back, he was trying to work it so he could sell it to us again without us knowing. Um, it was a very it was a very weird situation. Um, but that that was stopped. And I don't think we did business with him a lot anymore. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, he winks with the eye does cause trouble. That's for sure. Chapter 11, verse 10. It says, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there's jubilation. Uh, there's going to be a few proverbs in here about uh, the, the city or nations and how we rejoice with righteous or not rejoice with wicked. And so when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. Well, why? Well, because when the righteous are doing the righteous thing, it's good for everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'll put it this way. When taxes go down, does anybody really get angry about that? No, I've never seen anybody get real ticked off about that. Now, there, there may be some people that are up at the top benefiting from the taxes. Right. Um, you know, you may get those people, but, you know, the city as a whole, if they have to pay less money, they will rejoice. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I'd be glad to start rejoicing at the gas pump. So if, it, if it's possible, but I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, not not for a while, at least. But yeah, I mean, that, that's just one practical example of when it goes well with the righteous, the city does rejoice. 
uh, when the wicked perish, there's jubilation. Now, I still remember, I, I was a bit younger. Well, I guess you guys were too. I remember the day they reported that Osama bin Laden uh, ha- had been killed. Yeah. And, and I remember there being jubilation over that. Yes. Now, now, if anybody remembers, what, what was interesting is uh, the, the, the church leaders out there, when this happens, they immediately took to the airwaves and talked about how we shouldn't be happy. Uh, when someone else dies and <laughs> well, and it can it can go too far yes you know it can but you know when the wicked perish there is jubilation we're glad he's stopped attacking us yeah um you know and that sort of thing so that proverb is very true chapter 11 verse 16 it says a gracious woman retains honor but ruthless men retain riches um, when a woman is gracious, when she's full of grace, full of favor, uh, she is a very honorable woman. Yeah. Uh, this is sort of like the first proverb we read that when a woman is full of grace, full of favor, just very kind, boy, everybody respects her. You know, and that's very true. So that gracious woman, she does retain her honor as she keeps, you know, in fa- with favor and everything. Yeah. Ruthless men retain riches. Boy, um, money is the root of all kinds of evil, isn't it? The love of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, and ruthless men, they will do everything they can to keep it. Uh, they will do what they can to make more of it, uh, to control with it. And uh, we are going to see that. I mean, we already see this a ton today. But we're going to see it more and more as time goes on. Um, ruthless men retain riches. Money is a huge motivator. You know, you know, if anybody's been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, JB's been on here. Uh, His book just got released uh, called The Spirit of the Antichrist. I definitely encourage listeners to get a hold of that. Amen. Um, It's good. I'm I'm in chapter seven, uh, chapter eight now. All right. I I have I got it this week. I haven't gotten a chance to start it, but I really encourage everyone. You'll love it. Get it. And, uh, you know, if you've paid attention to that, one of the sayings is follow the money. Yep. And you will find that these ruthless men, money is a big deal. So, yeah. Very true. Chapter 12, verse 26 says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Um, this is actually a pretty big deal. That Sometimes they call this the doctrine of separation. Um, believe, believers that are out there, we should be very careful about who we're friends with. Yes. Um, now that doesn't mean we don't talk to non-believers or you know anything like that. Jesus talked to them all the time. Yes, he um, did. He got he got the Pharisees used to chide him for it. Mm-hmm. But he was never friends with them in, in the sense of they were not the closest people that he would confide in or things like that. Mm-hmm. And well, why not? Well, because the way of the wicked leaves them astray. If you've got bad friends, uh, they might lead you down a bad road. Uh, what is it? Is it uh, bad company corrupts good morals? Um, is, is that the verse in Ephesians that says that? So be very careful about the friends you choose. Chapter 13, verse 16. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. Um, every prudent man, a commonsensical man, a sensible man, uh, things like that, they act with knowledge. Uh, and that's very good. But a fool lays open his folly. You're going to know he's a fool. 
his foolishness is open for everyone to see. Uh, chapter 14, verse 9, it says, Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. So fools, they'll sit there and mock at sin. They'll make fun of it, uh, but they really, really won't do anything about it. And that's a, that's a shame. That's how you know if somebody's sinning and they're encouraging it or making light of it. Uh, or they could foolish. be just indifferent to it, yeah. Oh, indifference. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, indifferent to it. Uh, that's foolish. Mm-hmm. But among the upright, there is favor. Um, because when an upright person, uh, favor, <laughs> again, another word for favor is grace. Yeah. So when you're upright, uh, you give people what they don't deserve, which is what God did for us when Jesus died on the cross. He gave us something we did not deserve. Yes. Heaven. All right. Chapter 14, verse 21 says, he who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor Happy is he. So there's going to be a number of proverbs in here about neighbors, too. Uh, your neighbors are there to protect you and be your friends. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean all your neighbors are good, uh, but you should make friends with your neighbors. So if you hate them, uh, that's not good. Uh, you right. should take care of the people you're around. That's right. uh, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Well, if your neighbor is poor, well, maybe they just need a little help. Yeah. Maybe you should bring a meal to him every once in a while. Maybe. Maybe invite him over for a cookout, get to know him, find yeah. out why they're poor. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, we're going to have, a, we have, we have a house next to us that'll probably have some new neighbors pretty soon. And so Sarah and I, my wife and I, we're going to have to think a lot about how we're going to interact with our neighbors. Yeah. All right. Uh, chapter 14, verse 31 It says, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Um, There are two groups of people that God mentions over and over in the Bible that seem to have a very special place. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is the poor. Actually, no, sorry, there's three. Excuse me. (laughs) One is poor. The other are orphans. And the last one is widows. Yeah. Uh, those three groups of people show up a lot. So when you oppress the poor, that's actually a sin against God. Boy, yeah. isn't that interesting? So yeah. we should take care of the poor. Um, and it probably goes beyond money <laughs> just to take care of the poor. Uh, the poor, you know, they do need money. That's for sure. But they need probably need more than that. And we should take care of them. Yeah, that just made me think about writing my congressman. <laughs> How so? <laughs> uh, to remind him what it says. Don't uh, ask. Okay. <laughs> no. I don't. All right. Chapter 14, verse 34. Here's a very, very good famous verse. Uh, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Yes. Now that's, that's about as plain as it can be. Um, <laughs> it is. Um, the, the only, uh, I, I don't even need to have, offer any commentary, but I, I will, I've said this before in a couple of our sessions, I think, as we grow closer to the tribulation where evil is going to be at its height, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see this shift more and more to mm-hmm. where sin is a reproach to any people. But like we read a second ago, fools will mock at sin. Yep. 
And so I think, you know, th- this proverb is very true, but we're going to see people that just don't care. What would you say, Curtis, if they were indifferent to it? Yeah, I think uh, that, yeah, yeah. I think we, we talked about indifference. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the, the setting I thought of was the end times Babylon where Babylon is going to get destroyed and you're going to have a lot of people just weeping and crying over how Babylon's destroyed. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm comfortable saying that's going to be the most evil city that's ever existed. Yeah. Yet people are going to weep over it. So, but still, it still is true that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Yeah. Chapter 15, verse 18. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. Uh, when you are angry, that can make other people angry <laughs> very easily. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. So if you want to stop a fight, the best thing you can do is not get angry. Right. Uh, right. Right. Chapter 17, verse 14, the beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. So when I read this one, I get the picture of a dam that's about to break. You know, so the beginning of a dam breaking, there's a couple holes, water starts going through and then just, you know, boom, the whole thing collapses. And there's there's no little Dutch boy to put his finger in the dike. (laughs) Not this time. And so oh, that's why the, the beginning of strife is like releasing water. That's just the picture of I, of I get. So therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. So if you want to avoid a quarrel, uh, don't let it escalate. Stop right. it before it goes anywhere. Chapter 18, verse 17. Man, this one goes through my head all the time. The first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. Uh-huh. Boy, isn't that true that no matter what situation you come to, if you didn't see it, the first person that comes and tells you what happened, that is now your frame of reference for everything that is told to you about the situation after that. The first one to plead his cause seems right. And boy, that it's just so true, whether it's a court case or anything else you're part of. The first one to say something, he seems like the right one. Mm-hmm. Then the second part, until his neighbor comes and examines him. So if you want to change that first impression, you've got to actually got to have an uphill battle if that first impression was wrong to get it to be right. So this is one that goes through my head all the time because, you know, maybe some of our listeners have come where somebody will say to them, did you say that? (laughs) And whatever it is. What is happening? Well, the first one to plead his case seems right. Yeah. <laughs> You're now on the defensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, what else comes to mind is like the Clarence Thomas, uh, Justice Thomas's oh. confirmation hearings and Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who were the first people to speak up? People mm-hmm. that were accusing. Yeah. And, yep. and, and the media took their side, yeah. even though it was proven later that they were wrong. Yeah. They lied. Yep. yep. And. And, and so this one is so true. And I just encourage everybody. This is one of the ones that goes through my head all the time that I have memorized. So, okay. Chapter eight, 18, verse 18. Casting lots causes contention to cease and keeps the mighty apart. Um, casting lots, which basically that would be akin to today drawing straws. 
Yeah. yeah Causes contentions to cease. Well, why? Well, because it's random, well, at least from our perspective, it's random who ends up getting to do or not do whatever the lots are drawn. Yeah. And it keeps a mighty part. Um, I have a system with my boys where I make them play rock, paper, scissors. There you go. And so when we can't decide or there's something, we make them play rock, paper, scissors. Now, that doesn't mean the loser is happy about it, <laughs> but I will. it does keep them from fighting. It keeps the mighty apart. Yeah. So th- this is one that you should apply this principle. Whether it's, you know, my, my kids just, uh, my younger one just learned the eeny, meeny, miny, mo catch a tiger by the toe. So that's how he wanted to do the last one, is instead of rock, paper, we, scissors. Do you suppose we could solve the, um, the Russia-Ukraine crisis this way? <laughs> no, I mean, really, uh, get, get Putin and Zelensky to play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Curtis. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me for a while. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chapter 18, verse 19. It says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, yeah. and contentions are like the bars of a castle. Yeah. Boy, when a brother or a family member, this guy, I, it says a brother offended. I, I generally think this is any family member just because it seems to be the same. Yeah. Boy, when they're mad at you, it's really hard to, uh, to solve that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. Boy, that's true. When, when they're offended, what's the first thing that happens? Well, they put their defenses up. They don't want to yeah. talk to you or they don't want to let you know what they're really thinking. Yep. They're not interested in solutions, whatever it is. And it's really hard to break through that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think this is here because family members are harder than friends. Yes. Just because of the nature of being blood and all that kind of thing. It just is. So, so yeah, it's just, and this is just telling us, hey, if you offend your brother, it's harder to win than a strong city. Uh, you might, it might take a while, but work at it because you got to keep your family close. Uh, chapter 18, verse 24, a man who has friends must be himself friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Amen. So if you want to have friends, <laughs> you got to be friendly. That's pretty plain. Uh, but sometimes you can make friends that are closer than your brothers. You know, yes. I, don't, I don't know about you guys. I know lots of people that call their friends brothers or, or sisters for that matter. Um, And that's, and that's true. You can have some pretty close friendships that are almost akin to being family. Right. Uh, Chapter 19, verse seven, it says, all the brothers of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. Now, this is one of those cases where the poor here is poor because he's a wicked person, Mm -hmm. not just because of life's circumstances. And so, uh, when your family member is being uh, foolish and they end up being poor, um, it causes people to drive away from him uh, because that foolishness, it can be hard to handle. Um, I know there have been relationships in my life that I basically had to give up because of one reason or another. You just like, I can't, I can't do anything with this relationship. I can't salvage it. Um, and you end up abandoning it just because of whatever reason. 
And that's a shame, but sometimes it does happen. And we and you just got to deal with that. Chapter 20, verse 19. He who goes about as a talebearer receives, or excuse me, reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Um, someone who you can call it brown nosing, uh, who's flattering, uh, sometimes even the phrase uh, sucking up. Uh, you don't want to be around them. Um, you don't know what they're trying to get out of you. Uh, they don't, you may not know their motive. They're probably going to reveal secrets. Uh, maybe it's the, you know, can, can I just tell you this little thing? You know, I'll, I'll just tell you this. It, it, you wouldn't believe what such and such or so-and-so said. They're don't be around that. That's right. Um, I've had situations in the business world where I have had to tell people very plainly, I don't want to know what was said. I don't want to know about that situation. Please do yeah. not tell me. Right. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, it's been better when I do that than if I were That's to hear right. that situation. <laughs> yeah. 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 When you're a pastor like I was, uh, there are a lot of tail bearers that come to you. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so that's, that, that's just exactly the way to handle it. Just mm -hmm. that right there. Yep. Don't want anything to do with it. All right. Chapter 20, verse 29. The glory of young men is their strength and the splendor of old men is their gray head. Boy, I think the first. I'll vouch, I'll vouch for that. <laughs> the first half of this verse, the glory of young men is their strength. Uh, I, I think of moving, you know, moving from house to house or apartment, whatever. Yeah. Let the young guys do the work. <laughs> um, again, you got it. I have to agree yeah. with that. That's right. Um, you know, you older guys, there's a reason your back hurts it's because when you were young, you know, that's what you did, the heavy lifting, right. and now your back's hurting. That's it. <laughs> that's it. But that's a glory because I can, in terms of moving people, uh, they need help. And so they need young guys to be able to lift things to move them around. So in, yeah. in a very real way, the glory of young men is their strength. That's right. However, the splendor of the old men is their gray head. And I think what he means here is the wisdom. That's yeah. exactly oh, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And yep. so uh, older guys, you should not be working as hard as younger guys. Uh, you should be providing wisdom That's uh, right. to those young guys. And That's put right. away that Grecian formula 16, will you? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you, you, well, you're on fire tonight, Curtis. I tell Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah. I will be here all the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, old men, uh, make sure you are giving us young men wisdom so we can use our strength appropriately. Yeah. Because uh, because exactly we need the right. guidance. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, looks like I went out of order here. Sorry, I didn't catch this before. Uh, chapter 20, verse three. It says, it is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. Uh, I, I think in terms of this, uh, you, you, can I say it modernly? You don't have to have the last word. Right. Sometimes it's better to let the other person just say something and then leave or say, that's fine or whatever it is. You don't have to have the last word Yeah. because any fool can keep fighting. <laughs> Is what it's saying. Sure. Uh, th this is a very useful quality to understand. You don't have to win the argument. Sometimes yeah, it's better to true. just stop striving. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 
All right, first is, uh, excuse me, chapter 21, ver excuse me, <laughs> can't talk right. Chapter 22, verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Uh -huh. It is much better to be spoken well of than have a lot of money. Um, and that's very true. Um, I, I would much rather have a smaller salary um, than work somewhere where people know they can count on me. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we, we should realize that when we're trying to advance in our career, mm -hmm. better to have a good name than a higher salary. Agreed. Just as it says. Uh, hey, chapter... boss, are you, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> chapter, 20, chapter 22, verse 8. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. Yeah. Um, when you go around uh, yeah. encouraging people to sin or you know, doing things that might do that, you're sowing that iniquity around whoever you are, uh, you will eventually have sadness because of that. Whether it's people that stop you know, meeting with you and talking with you, you get caught and get punished for it. Uh, you know, whatever it is, when you sow iniquity, you will reap that sorrow. Um, your anger for maybe it's the anger that you're doing it, it will fail and it will not turn out right when you're doing yeah. that. So yeah. don't go around spreading, I don't, you know, maybe it's rumors, maybe it's, you know, who knows what it is. Or are you uh, sowing discord among the brethren, maybe, yeah. in you know, in the church social setting? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Don't go around doing that. Right. Chapter 22, verse 10. Cast out the scoffer and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. Yeah. So a scoffer, they're a mocker, a scoffer, somebody who says things that is in a mocking way or anything like that. If you get them out of there, well, all that contention, all the strife, all the everything that will go away. Yeah. This is very true. One person can change the dynamic of a group very, very quickly. Very quickly. Um, especially in a negative way. So mm -hmm. um, be, be very careful who you're including in, say, a committee. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you, maybe you call it a council, uh, you know, a group or, you know, whatever you call it. Be very careful who you have in there. And when you have a scoffer, it would be a, you'd be amazed to see how that group, group performs better if they're gone. So don't put them there in the first place. That's you know, the better thing to do. Yeah. Chapter 22, verse 24 and 25. Make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. Do not go lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. So we saw earlier that we should be very careful with our friends. And here we're seeing don't be friends with an angry man. Why? Well, because you might become angry, too. You know, it's very easy when, it, and this isn't necessarily anger, but a lot of times it is when somebody's complaining, whether it's an angry complaining or not, isn't it easy to complain right along with them? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, it can be extremely sometimes. easy. So if yeah. somebody's angry, boy, it's really e easy to ang be angry right along with them and end up setting a snare for your soul. So be very careful about your friends. Chapter 24, 20, verses 28 and 29. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause, for would you deceive with your lips? 
Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Um, that's so that's so tough. Yeah, that's that's difficult. Mm-hmm. That, that's a that's a hard one because <laughs> it is boy, especially when the neighbor happens to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, boy, we want to do something about it and uplift ourselves. <laughs> yep. Um, don't don't be deceptive. Don't witness against your neighbor without cause. Um, and, and honestly, this last part render to the man according to his work. Whose job is that? That's vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I shall repay. Exactly. Um, sometimes, you know, my my boys will say something or try to do something um, that is uh, repaying their brother according to their work. <laughs> Can I put it that way? And uh, and I and I will say, you know, you are not the parent. You will not do that. Whose job is it to take care of him? God's. And then I'll say, and who does God often use to take care of that? You. Okay. So it's not your job. (laughs) So there we go. Chapter 25 verses six and seven. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of a king and do not stand in the place of the great for it is better that he say to you, come up here. Then you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your Mm -hmm. eyes have seen. Mm -hmm. Um, do not go in the place of royalty, or can we say maybe executives at the p- business you work? Don't walk in with a prideful attitude. Yeah. Don't stand where they should stand. Much better for you to be humble in their presence and be exalted uh, than for you to be told, why are you here? <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't belong here. Yeah. Never it is. I think Jesus told a parable that was exactly like this, actually. <laughs> Uh, yes. it was the parable of the dinner guests. That's right. Mm-hmm. Regards that come up hither, isn't that what Jesus is going to ha- shout at the rapture? Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Proverbs 25, verses 8 through 10. Do not go hastily to court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame? Mm. Debate your case with your neighbor. Do not disclose the secret to another lest he who hears it expose your shame and your Ooh. reputation be ruined. Yeah. Um, the admonition here, yeah. and I think this is echoed in 1 Corinthians 6, if I remember right, don't get the law involved if you yeah. don't have to. That's right. Uh, do everything you can to settle it with whoever it is before you get the law involved. Yeah. 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 Um, and especially in this case, it says when your neighbor has put you to shame, which means you were in the wrong. And then yeah. here, do not disclose the secret to another. Don't try to get people on your side. Um, that's all That's all what this is about. So uh, you don't want your reputation to be ruined. You don't want the court involved. Handle it between the other person. Yeah. Uh, chapter 25, verses, verse 17, uh, this is one that goes through my mind often. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, uh, there was a family and there were three boys that I think they probably stopped and knocked on our door every single day during school. <laughs> and Because uh, they only lived a block away. And, you know, we, we played with them and everything, but... I will yeah. tell you, we did get pretty tired of them too. Yeah. 
So, you know, how true is Proverbs that, you know, even if you're really good friends with somebody, be very <laughs> careful about how often you're over at their house. You know, don't, I, overstay, I, don't overstay. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, that would be a great modern way to say that. Yep, that's exactly right. All right. Uh, let's see. Chapter 25, verses eight, verse 18. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, sword, and a sharp arrow. Mm. Don't go spreading rumors about your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Don't be doing stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, there's a lot of in here about neighbors, aren't there? Yeah, quite a well. It's a big social setting. Yep, yep. and actually, uh, the word neighbor in Hebrew also is translated friend. That's right. And so, uh, don't bear false witness against your friends. Don't uh, don't do that. It's like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. All of those hurt when you get hit by them. (laughs) So don't do that. Uh, This next one's uh, I like this one. I tell this to my kids. Uh, Chapter twenty six, verse seventeen. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. <laughs> now, I, I did some, I remember a while ago, I did some research on this phrase, takes a dog yes. by the ears. And I tried to, okay, does this, is this some kind of like idiom or something in the ancient world? Um, and I could never find anything that what, you know, there was like a deeper meaning to this phrase. I think it really just means it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nobody likes being pulled on the ears, especially a dog. Um, It's something annoying and it kind of hurts, but it's mostly just annoying. Well, that's like if somebody's arguing about something and you get involved when you shouldn't be. Don't go doing that. If there's a quarrel, there's a conversation, don't go butting in. It's like grabbing a dog by the ears. Um, I, I have had work situations where we'll be talking. I'll be talking with another guy about, or you know, gal, whatever, about something kind of theological. And I'll be making a case. I'll be trying to lead them somewhere to get them to think something about the Bible. And I tell you, somebody will walk on, walk by and get involved because they think they really know something about the topic. I will tell you, it's kind of annoying uh-huh. because you constantly have to reset the conversation to get it where you want to go. I can think of several names right now of people that do that. I really, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can think of two. I mean, Curtis, Dick. Oh, no, wait. No. Oh, wait, wait a minute. That. <laughs> I, so, yeah, don't. Uh, if there's a conversation and it's not your own, you're not invited. Don't don't butt into that conversation. Just stay oh, out yeah. of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, chapter 26, verse 18 and 19. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Now, in the, uh, in the modern vernacular of a lot of the younger people, uh, they will say something and then go, oh, I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. And I don't think this is exactly what that proverb is talking about. Uh, but I just always think of that phrase in modern day. Uh, don't be deceptive. And then try to pawn it off as saying, oh, I was just kidding about that. Yeah. You know, don't don't do that. Um, you know, there's also the uh, thing where you say where you say you're joking or something, but you say something really offensive. Or you will say like, well, no offense. But then you say <laughs> something that's really offensive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of these. Again, don't be deceptive like that and say you were joking or don't say, well, well you know, I'm not serious, but. 
And you know, you, you mentioned uh, modern psychology uh, at the beginning of the show here. And this puts me in mind of, I think what the, what the proverbs here are referring to here is what we would call in the, in the psychological business, uh, a passive aggressiveness. Mm. Elaborate on that a little bit. Well, you know, a passive aggressiveness would be exactly what you're, the examples you're giving. You, you say something obviously offensive yeah. because you mean it to be offensive. And when somebody gets offended, you say, oh, come on. I was just joking. Yeah. That's passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Then when you start out a sentence with this, uh, listen, I don't mean any offense, but. Yeah. You know. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but. Yeah. I'm about to hurt your feelings really bad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, the Bible calls that deceptive. Yes. And we shouldn't do that. You know, yes, be uh-huh. yes. No, be no. Anything from that is from the evil one. Oh, well, huh. that puts it in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Chapter 26, verse 20 says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tail bearer, strife ceases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very like a. Go ahead. No, uh, that's okay. one of my favorite verses, and because uh, it comes up so so frequently that this happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just shut up! Don't tell me about it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You get rid of that tail bearer, the person going around spreading rumors or telling secrets. You get rid of that person, all that strife goes away. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Uh, chapter 26, verse 21, as charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire. So a contentious man to kindle strife. Mm-hmm. Well, what is wood and charcoal to coals and fire? Fuel. It's like, yeah. It's an accelerant. <laughs> yeah. Fuel accelerant. Yeah. So if you want a contentious man, somebody who's contentious, uh, they're not happy. They're finding a reason to fight about it. Um, sometimes we could say they want to make their problems yours. Yeah. You know, I, I've come across that where somebody will kind of bring up a point that's kind of complaining and, and then, but it'll be in the form of a question. And so uh-huh. you answer, you answer that question with the logical thing and they'll go, but, and they'll go something like, yeah, but, yep. and then uh-huh. like, oh, wait, you're complaining. You're not really looking for the answer. Are you? Um, and so a contentious man to kindle strife and if you don't step back and not get angry at that that strife can come you've read a lot of verses today with the word contention or contentious Mm -hmm. in them Mm -hmm. happens a lot in the book of proverbs doesn't it yeah because boy it's easy for us sinful people to fight with each other (laughs) i don't fight with you pastor dick i know you'll just break my kneecaps so i really avoid it <laughs> I, I never I never intended I never intended that literally, all right. <laughs> I don't know. You sounded pretty well then. Okay. Quit being contentious. <laughs> yeah, You've always you been that way, Luke. There okay. you go. There you go. Okay. Well, here you go. This this verse brings us back. It's chapter 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Um, if you have a friend uh, that you need to correct, mm-hmm. you know, that can cause some harm, it can. Uh, but, but you're doing the best for them. That's a very faithful thing. 
Yes. Um, you know, the, the example, sometimes we give, you know, if someone's heading for a cliff, uh, wouldn't it be better to tackle them than to let them run off of it? Yeah. You know, there's an example like that, you know, so faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, we're here to encourage each other and in some cases, correct them. Sometimes. Now, I remember when I was, you know, again, as a, I had some, you know, we were teachers, me and you, Pastor Dick, and as students would graduate from high school, you know, I'd go out to lunch with them. Well, at that point, they're not my students anymore. They're my friends. That's right. And, and I remember saying sometimes, you know, kind of a, well, look, I, I'm only your friend. So I'm just here to say this or that, but I think you should do this or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, you know, you, you be as gentle as you can, obviously, because they're your friend. But sometimes it can be hurt to say, yeah, you really shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, or whatever it is. So that's very faithful. Yeah. Ah, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Oh, boy. Notice the contrast between wounds and kisses. So this is an enemy that is trying to be really, really nice to you. And, uh, you know, we can be swept in by that. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. they give you a gift. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they compliment you really well, mm -hmm. uh, but there's maybe they ask you a question that you still want an answer to. Uh, that is deceitful. Yeah. So be very careful about the interactions you're having with other people. I've had uh, I've had people that you know you you get to know a little bit, but you don't ever become real good friends. Mm -hmm. And then years later, you haven't heard from, them and all of a sudden, they act like you're their best friend. And yeah. that, that's happened to me a number of times. And every time it's because they got a new job as a financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one of those like, you know, okay, we, you know, we weren't really friends when back when I was actually interacting with you. And now you just want me to pay you to help me make, you know, quote, help me make money. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about that. Gotcha. <laughs> You know, so yeah, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And by the, I'm not saying if any of those people, not that you would know who you are, we're, we're that, I'm not saying you're an enemy. I'm just giving you an example that, yeah, yeah just be careful about it. Okay. Yeah, that was a bad example because now I make those people look really bad. They weren't <laughs> being evil. They were just doing their job. And I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Chapter 27, verse eight, <laughs> like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from its place. Uh, this one's tough uh, because sometimes we think we know a lot more than we do, or we think we have a really a, a valued opinion or things like that. But sometimes if we wander out of our, out of our place, out of our scope of work or whoever it is, sometimes that cannot be good. It's like a bird wandering from its nest. Uh, and sometimes those birds get eaten. <laughs> um, I think of, you know, there, there are situations in the business world where they will ask you a question according to what your position is, your job title, your whatever you're doing at the company. But sometimes it's really easy for you to offer more opinion than really you're being asked. And uh, I've been guilty of that many times, and I try to make sure I stay in my place. Um, this person, this manager is asking me a question because of my job. I'm not going to tell him what I really think about the whole thing. I'm going to tell him what he needs to know, which is my place. Uh, and that can keep you safer. And that's a very good thing. 
So understand the place you're in and stick and stick to it. Um, chapter 27, verse 10. Do not forsake your, your own friend or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Uh, I, I always think this first half of this verse, uh, do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. My dad has a friend that lives in Oklahoma, and he'll drive up periodically. And, you know, it's not like I'll ever be a friend with him. But, you know, we always really enjoy going to see him. Yeah, uh, We like bringing our kids over and having him talking to it. So I'm definitely not forsaking my father's friend. Yeah, and you you show him respect and, and uh, decency because he's your father's friend. That's right. And my dad's a pretty good guy. So I'd say this guy's a pretty good guy, you know. Yeah. And uh, in this part, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Now, this sounds kind of bad, so you have to stick the next part with it. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Yeah, It's not saying don't go to your brother's house ever. It's saying a close neighbor is better than a brother who isn't there. (laughs) Right. And so we should, there's a lot about neighbors in here. We should really take care of our neighbors. We should treat them nice, and we should be there for each other. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be better than family who isn't close. Right. So, so really take stock of your neighbors. Be good to them. Dad has some neighbors out here last summer who were, had suffered some fence damage hmm. uh, from one of, a, one of the windstorms that we had. And they were having a little difficult time putting that fence up in, in certain spots. And I was out there doing yard work on our yard, you know, on a dad's yard. And I said, well, they're having some trouble. Let me go over there and well, you know, I went over there and helped them put up a section of that fence. And they said, well, if there's anything you ever need, yeah, you uh, let us know, will you? And, yeah. and I mean, and, and see, that's, that's what this is talking about, I think. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's, it's better to have that kind of a, a relationship with your neighbor than, than a contentious or a, uh, a deceitful one. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know, pastor, I went and saw you yesterday Yeah, and it got really, really windy when we were seeing you. Well, as we were driving out of your neighborhood, there was a big branch laying across the entire half of the road. Yeah. And so, you know, we, I drove around it and then we stopped me and my wife moved that branch out of the way. Good. And you know, that's what I, nobody saw it or anything, you know, and, and I guess I lost my reward in heaven now that I'm saying it on a podcast, no, but, you but, <laughs> no. but, but that's what we should do. I mean, I don't even live in that neighborhood, but that's just taking care of yeah. neighbors. That's yeah, right. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, let's see this next verse. Uh, boy, uh, this is how practical the Bible is. This is the verse. If I ever see it, when I think of this verse, it's chapters 27, verse 14. The Bible answers all of the really big questions in life. You know, the who am I? What's the afterlife? Who is God? It answers all those biggest questions in life. But it goes down to a very small, minute detail of how we're supposed to run our lives. That's why I love this verse so much. 2714, he who blesses his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. The Bible recognizes morning people. 
and not mourning people. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible is so practical yeah. that it says, uh, let people wake up before you start yelling at them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And notice it says, bless his friend with a loud verse voice. So what this is, hey, how are you doing? You know, right when somebody wakes up, don't do that. <laughs> it will be counted a curse. And I just, oh man, I love that verse so much because it just shows you God is concerned about all the really big things like you believing in Jesus to get to heaven. Yep. And Curtis. Some of the little things too. The really little things. Yeah. So does, you know, sometimes the question, how can a God who created the whole universe care about little old me? Well, this is how much he cares about you. Yeah, you go. To, is to even give you instruction in the morning yeah. on how you should treat people. Yeah. yeah. All right. 27, 21. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, and a man is valued by what others say of him. Uh, you, a man is valued uh, because of how you are refined and how people talk about you. Um, there are people, you know, I'll, you know, again, I kind of bring up work again, cause that's where I have a lot of social interactions, boy, I'm yeah. there eight hours a day. And, you know, there are some people when they get brought up in conversation that everybody in the room just goes, yeah, I really like him or yeah, he's a really good worker. or Yeah. He's yeah. He'll get it done. He's reliable or whatever it is. Um, that's what a man was valued by. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you this, you are not valued by what you say of yourself. You know, let other people speak well of you and value you. Yeah. Bibles would let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth. Boy, yeah. I'm I'm glad you said that because I couldn't remember exactly what that verse was, but that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, 28 3. A poor man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain which leaves no food. So when you're already poor. And you go oppress other poor people. That's like a driving rain, a, a torrent, uh, something that just washes everything away. Uh, mm -hmm. That's how bad it is when you're poor and you oppress other people that are poor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how, how sad that can be. Maybe it's stealing from them. Um, maybe it's doing something, to, you know, who knows? Don't oppress the poor, if you, especially if you are poor. Boy, that's bad. All right, these next two go together. It's chapter 28, verse 12. When the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 28, chapter 28, verse 28. When the wicked arise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. Mm -hmm. uh, this, these two verses have a lot to do with influence. Now, uh, Curtis, we've talked a bit about psychology Today, we might call this a uh, crowd psychology. Um, I've heard it called groupthink. Yes. Um, you, you know, what, whatever other terms there are, when there are a lot of people doing the right thing mm -hmm. in a group, it is mm -hmm. very difficult to turn around and do the wrong thing. Yes. It, and it works exactly the opposite way, too. If there are a lot of people doing the wrong thing, it's very difficult to do the right thing. Yeah. And so the Bible, you know, again, 2,500 years, 3,000 years, whenever Proverbs was written, I can't remember exactly. It was already giving us the foundation of, again, group think, crowd thought, whatever. 
And oh, now, yeah. and now we can look at that. And there's some actually really good studies and videos out there about how this works. Yes. Um, and I would encourage people to go watch it because they're very interesting. Yeah. You know, if you, if you go to uh, uh, the government, unclassified stuff on the CIA and FBI, yeah. you'll find a lot of that very stuff in there. Yep. It's, and it's got, the, the government's been very good at it. Yep. And over the past two years, everybody should be aware of it. Um, you know, when they're, yeah. well, and there still are with, you know, the mask mandates and things. Yeah. Boy, when there's fewer people wearing one, it's a lot easier to not wear one. And the other exactly. is true, too. When everybody's wearing one, it's really hard to not wear one. That's a great right. example. Good example. And so just be just be very aware when the righteous rejoice, there's great glory. Um, but again, when the wicked rise, men hide themselves mm. because they don't want to be an, impacted by them. Mm. You know, we, we want to avoid that evil influence or, you know, protect ourselves, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but when they perish, the righteous increase. Uh, why? Well, because, again, it's because of that influence. Um, when the wicked go away, it's a lot easier to be righteous. Um, Ding dong, the witch yep. is dead. <laughs> um, Pastor, we, we talked about this last week, I think, a little bit. And uh, this verse doesn't specifically say it, but our leadership has a lot to do with this, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, when, when the leader, the king, the ruler, as we talked about, when they're wicked, boy, it's a lot easier to be wicked. Yep. But when they're righteous, it's a lot easier to be righteous. Yep. And again, that's part of this group influence this stuff that Proverbs is saying. Yeah. Very important concept. All right. Chapter 29, verse 5. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Again, this flattering is a deceptive flattering. And so if you are deceptively, you know, uh, brown nosing, sucking up to people, you are spreading a net for your feet. You will get caught and it will not be good. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Right. Uh, 29 verse seven, the righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. Mm -hmm. now, notice it says the cause of the poor, yeah. as in why are the poor poor? Yeah, um, we could say, you know, let, let's give the example of minimum wage. Uh, does minimum wage actually help people not be poor? No, because it raises the price of everything. It sets an arbitrary salary for work that maybe doesn't actually have that value. And then because of that, what does a company have to do? Mm -hmm. raise, they the have to raise the cost of raise what they're the selling. Price. Yeah, I know there is a where I live. There's a local business that I knew the owner because the last time they raised the minimum wage, he actually had to cut workers because yes. for the wage he had to pay, he could not pay the same number of workers to work all at the same time. Uh huh. I I know that. I, I I've known businessmen that have told me the very same thing. Yep. It, it hurts them to have to do it. Right. And so I'm using just the example of minimum wage to say the righteous considers the cause of the poor, that if you just throw more money at the poor, that does not mean they will not be poor. That's it. You have to understand why. Maybe it's because they don't have an opportunity. Maybe it's because they don't think they have an option other than being poor. Yeah, 
Maybe they're maybe, not good stewards of their money. I, you maybe, know. yep, maybe they don't spend it appropriately. Whatever it is, <clears throat> the righteous understands those causes or they consider them and think about them and what to actually do about them. But the wicked does not understand that such knowledge. They don't care. Uh, and maybe in, in, the, in some cases, they want the poor to stay poor so they can have power over them. Uh, maybe they just want their votes or something like that. Um, so if you want to be righteous, understand why somebody is poor. Don't just come up with a solution that you think will work. Well, if I just give them more money, they'll be fine. Now understand the cause of it. Chapter 29, verse 8. Scoffers set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. I immediately think of riots. Um, and in the case of the riots we saw a few years ago, uh, those scoffers literally set cities on fire. <laughs> yes, yes, they literally did. set them aflame. Ah, but wise men turn away wrath. Well, I can tell you the wise probably were not participating in those riots. No. They were staying out of it in one way or another um, and being wise. And, uh, and if you were a police officer that had to defend yourself doing their, during those riots, God bless you. Yes, yeah, yeah, we, sure. we, we need you as police officers. That's Amen. Sure. Um, all right, chapter 29, verse 9, a few more. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool, fool laughs or, excuse me, oh, this is one of my favorite verses in Proverbs, and I totally messed it up. Let me start over. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. All right. Uh, if, you're, yeah. if, you're, if you're a wise guy, well, okay, I sound, sorry, wise guy makes it sound like I'm making fun of you. Okay. If you are wise and you're fighting, with a fool, it doesn't matter how that argument, that fight ends up. That's right. Doesn't matter. There will be no peace. Right. Um, I have taken this proverb and applied it many times. <laughs> also failed at it many times. But um, when there starts to be an argument, you got to think: Okay, am I arguing with a wise person or am I arguing with a fool? Yeah. Is this going to do any good? Yep. Pick your battles, maybe, as a way to say that. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm arguing with a fool, I will stop. Uh-huh. Because there will be no peace no matter what I say. Yeah. Um, and that's a very good thing to keep in mind. When you start to kind of feel an escalation of a situation, mm -hmm. are you arguing with a fool? Are you arguing with a wise person? Mm. If it's a fool, stop immediately. There will be no peace. Um, yeah. I take that one to heart. Yeah. Chapter 29, verse 10. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. Well um, if, if you're upright, uh, you want people to do well. Doesn't yeah. matter what situation you're in. We want you to have well-being. Yeah. Um, and, and we say it on this podcast you know, probably more than once a week. We want everybody to believe in Jesus. Yes. We have no ill will on people. It doesn't matter what sins you've committed. We do. We want you all to believe in Jesus. Amen. And after you place your faith in him, we want to see you more sanctified in him. Yes. Yeah. We want to see you living correctly in all those That's things. Correct. Yes. Um, so we want your well-being. Ah, but the bloodthirsty hate the blameless. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Curtis, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of hate of Christians out there. Well, more now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, there is lots of like, you know, take, uh, take school, for instance, you can't talk oh. about Jesus, but you could talk about Muhammad all you want. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, you hear, you know, what was one of the big problems when all the lockdowns started the churches? Yeah. But Walmart, you could keep Walmart open all you want. Yeah. If you were a church, you had to basically close the doors, mm-hmm. but they were you packing know, up, you know, health notices on the door yeah. and Walmart yep. was wide open. Walmart was wide open. Casinos were wide open. Oh yeah. Uh, you could want to gamble if you want, but you couldn't yeah. go in and pray to pray to God. Yep. And we, we saw places that even the churches would meet in their parking lots. That's right. all stay in their cars and have, you know, little shortwave radios or <laughs> radio who uses that. Uh, they probably got online somehow. And even those were shut down. Yeah. Um, now to, to the police officers or sheriffs that went out there and did that, um, you were just doing your job for the most heart part, but the people above you that were telling you to do that, mm-hmm. that's the bloodthirsty that hate the blameless. That's right. Um, and so make sure that you're, you're not one of those hating the blameless, uh, but you're always seeking people's well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And our last verse for tonight chapter 29 verse 21 says he who pampers his servant from childhood will have him as a son in the end Uh Uh, if someone works for you and you take very good care of him from from when he's a kid uh, he'll probably stick with you like a son that's right um and that that can be a really good thing can can i mention foster care yes yes you can um maybe they're not quite servants you know i understand that but they're not your own flesh and blood um, right. but but it but if you raise them right you'll have a son or daughter in the absolutely. end absolutely that's great and so yeah take very good pick care of the people that work from you um especially yeah. if they come to you kind of as kids you know they'll really grow up with you like that yeah. um dick i can say this you know i've been i, I wasn't quite a kid when i met you but you know, I've, I've come up to really appreciate your teaching. Thank you. And, and, you know, it's, it's really helped me a lot. And, uh, you know, I've got a pretty good dad, so I'm not saying you're my father, but it's really nice to have you in my life. And <laughs> in that great. regard, that's great. Well, that, that, that's ditto with me. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the days when, when you and I and Dr. J.B. Hickson were all in the same church together. Mm-hmm. I taught an adult class. You were t- teaching the teens, and he was preaching the word. Mm-hmm. And here we are in the same podcast. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what friendship's all about, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, that—that's the proverbs we had for tonight. Boy, I did keep it around an hour. I'm pretty surprised yeah. at yeah, that. Great job. But, uh, you did a great job. But, uh, <laughs> Lucas, just one more thing. I, I'd like to say. Oh. You know, you might try in your next podcast to use the scriptures a little bit. <laughs> make a, I'm make writing, a note of that. I'm writing down all the scriptures that you use. And this is like a semester <clears throat> in Bible college. Okay. Good well, for and, you. Well, and on our and on our website, all the things I do, all the verses and all the categories, it's on our website. Yes. Um, so anybody can get this. So that's, that's right. right. 
That's right. So, and, and, and I think we'll end with, you know, all, all these proverbs are about how to live right. But really, if you've never placed your faith in Christ, these proverbs really don't do you a whole lot of good. Right. Um, th- they will still make your life a lot better, you know. Yeah. Um, you'll still live better. But in the end, you're not going to, when you die, it's not going to be any better. Um, so you don't have to do any of these proverbs to get to heaven. Nope. Not a, not a single one. First step is to believe in Jesus, which means you trust that he died for you on the cross. That's right. And he took all your sins away. Now, once you believe in him, that's when God gets a hold of you, hopefully, and you start reading your Bible and looking at these proverbs. And that's where you can become closer with God and you start doing his work. That's yeah. right. That's right. Amen. 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 Yep. Yeah. Um, you really rang the bell tonight, brother. That's great. We're yeah. Glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. These these verses again. I've I've done every single one of them wrong, and I did, I've done a couple of them right here and there. So. I, think, I think we've all done most yeah. of them wrong yeah. from time to time. Yeah. yeah. I told you about. You use the word fool a lot. Use the word contention a lot. Uh, and and uh, uh, these things need to be said, and you said them. But uh, I could feel the love in your voice. Yeah, good for you. Thank yeah. you. It's because I, I know how, I know that uh, my relationships with people have gotten a lot better since I started paying a lot more attention to proverbs. That's yeah, right. Me too. And, and boy, I think everybody would have the exact same experience as yeah. me. I'm not yeah, better than much. anybody else out there. That's right. That's, um, you just that's 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 our part of our flag. We're not better than anybody else. We're, we're just better off because we're better of God. off if we're saved, but uh, because of God's grace, we're better off. That's it. Right. And and yeah. and anybody can get into Proverbs and apply them. Yes. Anybody. Yes. They're You're very. Right. Yeah, right. So, so anyway. Uh, okay. All right. Take us home, Curtis. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. I. I I kind of, you ever get a feeling, have you ever watched a movie or, or something like that that you were really enjoying and you were disappointed when it was over? Yeah. You were, you were kind of hoping for a little more and, you know, every time we do a podcast that I get that same feeling like, oh, this is the end of it already. Yeah. See, and I didn't look at my, (laughs) I didn't look at my watch one time until he he did not until he just said, and and I looked at it and I said, boy. That was the quickest hour. <laughs> we could have gone on and on, but uh, yeah, a really enjoyable hour, Lucas, yeah, and boy, uh, yeah, instructive and uh, and informative, yeah, and everything in there uh, we can all apply to our everyday lives. You cover a lot of social settings, there, brother. I mean, a lot of them. You yeah. see that list of scriptures you used? I bet it's the same uh, list that I've got right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that, you, did a, good. you did a great job, buddy. Thank you so much. And uh, to our listeners, uh, uh, we hope that you were as blessed as we were yeah. hearing what you heard. Yeah. And uh, that you'll be back for some more next Saturday night yeah. with Lucas. Uh, you're always going to get uh, plain talk. Uh, but, but, a, but a lot of love yeah. uh, is involved with what he teaches and, and it kind of shines through each and every time. And, and we love him for that. And uh, we know that you do too. So 
Thanks again, Lucas. Mm -hmm. Really appreciate it, my brother. Okay. And I just want to remind our listeners uh, before we go, uh, be with us uh, this coming Tuesday morning for another session with Dr. J.B. Hickson. And I uh, don't know what the subject matter is going to be yet. Whatever it is, it's going to be good. I know Absolutely. that. Yeah. So, so be sure and be with us uh, uh, this coming Tuesday morning. And then again, next Saturday morning with Pastor Dick. Okay. All right. And uh, we, we hope that you've been blessed by what you hear. We hope that you'll continue to be with us each and every time we're on the air. Amen. Um, we do it uh, in service to the Lord first. And uh, in hopes and prayers that that we will we will see lots of people come to uh, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. So until Tuesday morning with Dr. J.B. Hickson, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. May God bless and keep you. We'll see you Tuesday morning. Bye-bye. Thank you.